Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card, issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval terms apply. When it comes to your finances, go for the credit card that's always there for you. With 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. Real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I'm Gary O'Reilly. And I'm Chuck Knight. And this is Playing With Science. Science. And today I think we shall all head for the slopes. So wrap up warm, grab a hat, and don't forget your gloves because the forecast is for snow. And by the time we hit the top, it will be all down here. Oh, yeah. It's the turn of snowboarding to get the PWS treatment. And for that, we've got the band back together. And not for just science, but for the pro's eyes view from the top of the mountain. So it'd be welcome back to Dr. Skateboard, a.k.a. Professor Bill Robertson and former pro snowboarder and regular of the smash hit Soap, the Bold and the Beautiful, Mr. Othello Clark. No, not just you and I, I Chuck. I was going to say, I thought Othello. we were the Bold and the Beautiful. Mm, Othello. <laughs> so, yeah. Chuck, you skateboard. I, I no. did. No, yeah, I was going to say, let's clear that up. All right, I past used tense. To. <laughs> so, snowboard? Do you get never involved? did a snow, never, no, never snowboarded. Um, and the reason is um, I don't like snow. So that's a that's a, that puts me at a very distinct disadvantage for yeah. skiing and snowboarding. Even though I I probably would enjoy snowboarding uh, and maybe even skiing, but I have to tell you that I just don't like snow. Even as a kid, uh, I didn't oh. like snow. Wow. Uh, yeah, except for I made money off of it. I had a snow Whoa. removal service when I, from the time I was 11 to the time I was 14, and I made a crap load of money. So when you I get s- like Homer Simpson, one of those jackets with ba- Mr. Plow. Oh, Mr. Back. Plow, that's the name. <laughs> that name again is Mr. Plow, See, aka just, Chuck. As long as you get to a Simpsons reference, you can't. Yeah, everything. Lose. All right, enough, day. enough of that. <laughs> Doctor Skateboard, <laughs> Professor Bill Robertson. Hi, Bill. How are you, sir? Hey, Gary. Hey, Chuck. Good hey. to be on the show again. Yeah, oh, you are more than welcome. So um, great to have you back. All right, let's just clear this up. Difference between skateboarding and surfing and snowboarding, and is snowboarding somewhere between the two, or is it just completely unique? And and and, and on top of that, do you do either uh, snowboarding or surfing? So my background as a kid, you know, I, I grew up not too far from the beach. So I first started surfing and water skiing as a kid oh. before I got into skateboarding. Oh. So that was kind of my first background into that. And then I started snowboarding in uh, in the mid 80s in Flagstaff, Arizona. And uh, and so it I did figure out the differences 
uh, between the three quickly. Is it quite simply take the wheels off the skateboard and head downhill or is there a lot more going on? Yeah, there's a lot more going on. In some ways, uh, the the main difference, I would say, is that, of course, you're strapped into a snowboard and you can freely jump off of a skateboard. Mm -hmm. Uh, And in the other sense, what you're going to land into primarily in snowboarding is something softer than concrete. So the but I think the big thing is a lot of times with skateboarding, the general way you're moving is you're sort of directing it with your front foot, whether you're regular foot or goofy foot. You're sort of pointing your front foot or moving the front truck uh, to get to where you're going and then, you know, moving off the back one. But you're directing with almost with your front foot In snowboarding. You actually do the opposite. You direct more with your back foot. So because you're going downhill the whole time, your back foot and the edge of the board acts like a rudder if you think about it on a boat or something like that where you're you're driving that in so you really drive almost snowboarding with your back foot in some ways and you and you direct it with your back foot where in skateboarding you direct it with your front foot if i were on a skateboard which will not happen just in case you're thinking that'd be a great idea um your center of gravity is fluctuating to do the tricks or to do all the sort of maneuvers. And as you said before, you've got freedom away from the board. Now you are tethered, if you like, to the snowboard. How are you adjusting that center of gravity to make it work for you? Yeah. So, so since you're locked into your stance, you're really having to drive your knees together. That's one of the things you do in snowboarding a lot is you kind of pinch your knees together, um, which you don't always do in, in skateboarding to keep that center straight. The other thing is you're going to, you know, you're going to lift that, as I mentioned, the back foot. So I'm a regular foot. That would be my right foot. And I'll, I'll throw that back foot out, you know, far away from my body, if you will, and counter it with my upper body to the, to the right or to the left to try to make turns. And so that part of, of keeping your center of gravity, you got to keep it over the middle of your board, but sometimes um, it's easier if you can pinch your knees in some ways together. Um, that will help you lock that uh, that center right over your board. When you're turning, you, you, if <clears throat> I'm turning to my right, and if I'm not mistaken, I've seen guys, they lean right into the turn and they're, at, I don't know, almost like a 45-degree angle. That to me just sounds wrong it should you normally i'd be leaning away from this issue but it's not so can you explain the physics of why when you start to carve and you lean into that turn yeah so well you got to think about it first you're you're going downhill so you know the, leaning back would be uh, a, a really bad thing in some ways it's not as it's not super bad because it'll just slow you down but when you're going into a turn you yeah you dig that edge of this of the snowboard in by driving your toe side into the mountain and so into the snow and so you're you're in a sense riding on the steel edge of your snowboard and and lifting if you will the contact from from the bottom so at some point you're you know you're riding as much on the steel edge as you can to go as fast as you can through a turn and that's where you'll see people sort of you know turn and and dip and get closer um and you know that that was the old phrase you use for snowboarders is when they were turning they were you know their hands were getting so close to the ground people you know skiers uh, affectionately called us knuckle draggers you know and, the, the <laughs> and it wasn't it wasn't for the it wasn't for the way you made your turns skiers yeah, skiers yeah, yeah. hate snowboarders <laughs> yeah i know it was, we look at the mountain completely different you know it's so true but the big thing here was that you are kind of, you know, counterbalancing. You're throwing your 
your weight and, and leaning on your toe side, let's say to make a turn, and then you're counterbalancing with your arms out in front of you. So you are leaning into it and, and you're going downhill the whole time. So that's uh, a part of how you're managing your speed. Well, we started off, Gary asked you this question about the difference between the three. We, yeah. you know, we, we never really got to that from a physics standpoint. You're looking at traveling on three different mediums, uh, two of which are the same, just in different physical forms, and then the other being concrete. But what is the physics of the mediums upon which you're traveling for the three different sports? Yeah, so... So start with surfing. I mean, and, and you have a, a medium that's never the same, right? So it's mm. always changing. You're always adjusting. Um, that's sort of the the beauty of it. You know, you're trying to lock into something that is, if you will, alive all around you. So you're, you know, the, the so the physics are you've got something that's in you know chaos, right? It's changing all the time, and you've got to manage yourself with micro adjustments, or you know, or find that flow within uh, within that changing medium. Um, for a skateboarder, I think, you know, you can really count on uh, the, the, the concrete. Once you understand what you're riding on and sort of the hardness or, or whatever, the slickness of it, you can sort of count on um, what you're going to do and, and how that's going to behave. So you can uh, – it's a much more predictable uh, in terms of how you're going to adjust. So you probably have to make small, less small adjustments and can be more predictive in, in what you're going to do. And in snowboarding is probably a little bit of both, you know, I mean, in some ways the, the mountain stays the same and, you know, but the, the depth of the snow and the conditions of the snow can change. So if you go from say powder to ice, um, you know, things can change pretty quick. So you have to be a little nimble on that. So I think in terms of the mediums, um, surfing being the most organic, uh, snowboarding probably being the one that has the next amount of change and then skateboarding being much more predictive. And then consequently, you have probably less minor adjustments you have to make as you're moving through those sports. That's interesting because we're talking here about an, an environmental awareness. So if you go onto the water, it's not just the water surface and the changeability therein with currents, etc. You've got wind. Right. Yeah. You've got every sort of atmosphere around you. Similar with snow, similar with skateboarding that you have to know your environment really well and intuitively before you actually get into all the rest of the enjoyment of that sport. Yeah, that's for sure. You know, and when I started snowboarding, I had never snowboarded or been on the mountain at all. And uh, my friends told me all about it. And we drove to the mountain and rode up in the chairlift and they dropped me off at the top and said, see you at the bottom kind of thing. And I had to figure it out. Um, and but what I figured out for myself was that, you know, really snowboarding has elements of of surfing and skateboarding completely. And so when you're driving on the mountain and you're carving, you know, in many ways, it is a lot like surfing. You're trying to drive that edge of the board and use the turns and stay over your board. Um, when you're in the air, it's completely skateboarding because all your grabs are named after skateboarding grabs. So your mute, your indie, your front side, your backside. That's right. And. I was very comfortable when that would happen. And then when you land, it's unique. And so that was always the challenge is because suddenly you're actually landing on something that, you know, has a ha, is is can be soft or hard. And then you you're you're in a sense going downhill. So you have to learn to react quickly, uh, either by driving your edge in front side or backside to, to gain a, a turn. So so in some ways. You know, having started as a surfer, it helped me being on the mountain as a skateboarder. It helped me in the air. But when I landed, the only thing that helped me was practice on my snowboard. Nice. Nice. Right. Uh, 
Stay with us, please. Uh, we're going to take a break. So, Dr. Bill, or no, Professor Bill Robertson will be with us when we come back, a.k.a. Dr. Skateboard. Also, further forward in the show, we have Othello Clark. Yes, that man from Bold and the Beautiful. He'll be on the show too. So if you like snowboarding, this is a place to be. We will be back very, very shortly. Sleep. Grocery shopping themselves. Just a few things working moms seldom have time for. And during tax season, you can add taxes to their list. So for all you working moms, make the easy switch to H&R Block and have an expert make easy work of your taxes. H&R Block guarantees your taxes are 100% accurate and your max refund or your money back. Plus, with their no surprise guarantee, you'll always know the price of your tax prep before you begin. You can even have an H&R Block Tax Pro do your taxes in a block office or online from the comfort of your own home. Can your current tax guy promise all that? When you're buried under life's to-dos, let the experts at H&R Block stay on top of your taxes with a return that's right on the money and your biggest refund possible. Because tax season after tax season, it's better with Block. Make an appointment at hrblock.com. All tax situations are different. Not everyone gets a refund. Limitations apply. Descriptions of benefits and details at hrblock.com slash guarantees. You know what shouldn't feel like rocket science? Planning a vacation your whole crew will love. With Carnival Cruise Line, it's all up to you. You can kick back or dive right into the fun. Paddleboard in the crystal clear waters of one of Carnival's exclusive destinations, Half Moon Key in the Bahamas. Take an ATV ride through the jungle or just relax on white sandy Caribbean beaches. The fun continues on ship from a ride on the Bolt roller coaster to a moment of pure bliss at the Cloud Nine Spa. Kick off the evening with a craft cocktail at any of Carnival's dazzling bars and lounges and take your pick of restaurants from surf and turf to family-style Italian. Then settle in for an evening of live entertainment. Whatever your vibe is, you'll come home with plenty of stories to tell. So pack those bags, be sure to leave room for a few unforgettable memories because no one does fun like Carnival. Book your dream vacation at Carnival.com. Ships Registry, The Bahamas and Panama. Whether you're a family vacation traveler, business tripper or long weekend adventurer, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. And that's good because there are a lot of me's. Choice Hotels has over 7,400 locations and 22 brands, including Comfort Hotels, Radisson Hotels, and Cambria Hotels. Get the best value for your money when you book with Choice Hotels. Cambria Hotels feature locally inspired hotel bars with specialty cocktails and downtown locations in the center of it all. Hey, that's me. Radisson Hotels have flexible workspaces to get the most of your business travel and on site restaurants. That's me, too. And at Comfort Hotels, you'll enjoy free hot breakfast with fresh waffles, great pools for the entire family, and spacious rooms. Hey, that's me, too. I guess I'm just going to have to stay at all of them. Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. Book direct at choicehotels.com, where travel comes true. Welcome back. I'm Gary O'Reilly. And I'm Chuck Nice. And this is Playing With Science. And today we're exploring the science behind snowboarding. Shoo. And we, yes. Shoo. Shoo. 
Did you like that? That's my carving. That's me carving a mountain right there. And that's from a man like who a doesn't thanks- like snow. That's right. Like yeah, a Thanksgiving Day carve. turkey. As with skateboarding, it started with let's go to the top of the hill and get to the bottom of the hill and we do a bit of slalom and everything else. But the tricks came in. How Did you get involved in the trick side of things when you started to snowboard? Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, the the fun thing about snowboarding and being kind of in your bindings the whole time is you didn't really have to worry about, you know, your board getting away from you. So if you got in the air and could, you know, control yourself and control your center of gravity and then deal with the the lack of friction when you hit the ground, um, you were, you know, you could do a lot of things. And, And really for me, that's where my, my skateboarding background came into play because, like I said, when you got in the air, you know, you could do all sorts of grabs, uh, maybe that were much easier than doing them on your skateboard because your, your feet were stuck on the board. And then going, doing things going forwards and backwards or for me going, you know, regular foot to goofy foot was a lot of fun. So you could hit a bump, you know, style 180 in the air, land goofy foot, go and then hit another bump and come out and and do that all the way down the mountain. So yes, yeah, skateboarding and the I mean excuse me, snowboarding and the tricks were a big draw for me in uh, in doing the sport. How did you change with the fact that you can't flip and move around the board as freely as you can on a skateboard in terms of the physics that are applied therein? Yeah, I I think the main thing is you know you're bound to your board even though people at times will, you know, they might unhook from their board to do a, a certain kind of trick. But, you know, you, you weren't going to be able to, say, do the things you do on a, a skateboard like a shove it or a, a kickflip in, in, in a sense. So you were going to do things that, that did things rotationally. So we talked right. about centrifugal and centripetal force and moment of inertia. And so when you were spinning in circles was sort of the, the way you would do that. And so you see a lot of people doing maybe 360 airs. You saw, you know, 540s, 720s. I mean – People like Sean White who could do 1080s, you know, those were that's that's an incredible. Um, but that was another way you would do that. And then you also learned people learned they could do things like flips, um, where you know they could spin the 360 rotation, you know, throughout. So so I think that was a big part of um, you know being able to manage the forces of centrifugal centripetal, and then keeping your arms either in or out. Yeah. To manage your moment of inertia and to control the rate at which you spin. That's a big deal in in snowboarding. So they have these great big air videos. I mean, they're just gorgeously shot uh, where there are two types that I've seen, though. So one, the half pipe itself is built on the mountain. Right. And the half pipe itself, and you see this in the Olympics as well, is going down the hill. Mm-hmm. So the half pipe is... You is utilizing gravity. So the half pipe becomes the gravity. But then I've seen these other videos where there's guys doing big air tricks and it's like a regular skateboard half pipe. And they kind of get their speed up going downhill. Then they go into the pipe and then they stay in the pipe going back and forth. What is the difference from a physics standpoint of the stationary, I won't call it stationary because they're all stationary, of the half pipe that is level and the half pipe that uses gravity. And how do you, do you lose energy every single time you go back and forth in the one that is level? So I'll start with the first one, the the half pipe that's at a slant where you're going downhill or something like that. You know, so you, you are, you're using the, the, the gravity pulling you down the hill 
Um, it's at an angle. It's much easier for you to, to maintain speed or even to accelerate as you're going down. And if you watch riders, you know, they'll try to go cleanly on the walls. But the other thing is if they're going too slow, um, they, they have to point themselves straight down to get up some speed again. So, so I would think those kinds of half pipes, which were very traditional, you build it into a, a hill and you ride down the hill, you hit, you know, five times on each side and then that's your run. Um, on these other kinds of ones where they're more flat, like you would on a skateboard half pipe, you're going to have to be much more efficient with your transfer of energy. So you're not going to be able to be, if you will, sloppy in how you pump the transition as you come down and then as you pump the transition up, because that's going to be all your your momentum. So, um, so I would think that you know, uh, riding downhill in a half pipe much more uh, much more rider friendly. And the other side is you're just losing so much. Uh, energy each time because you're trying to you know generate so much power as you're going up the wall. So I, you know I think moving side to side on a snowboard um, would be very difficult uh, if it was flat versus going downhill. Would it be possible hmm. to get a pump in a level half pipe on a snowboard right. where you could indefinitely maintain the back and forth? So coming out of the pipe making your turn, okay, 180, coming back into the pipe, pump at the bottom, coming out of the pipe. It, it, would it be possible, or, or do the laws of physics say, no, you're only going to get so many out of that? Well, I think that's that's the beauty of science, right? You would say, you know, hey, is it possible? Let's give it a try and, and test a hypothesis. But my own personal opinion would be that would be extremely difficult to manage and to, to keep up because, you know, you're tending to lose so much energy, um, uh, you know, through the medium. And if it's flat, you know, you can't really pump it in the way that you do on a skateboard um, with your snowboard because you have these edges that are driving in that will slow you down as well. Uh -huh. So I would think that, you know, uh, you know, if you watch a guy on a skateboard who can pump and go back and forth, I would think that that's much more efficient because you can, you can again, the medium, you can kind of count on it. It stays the same. And whereas the medium on the snow, um, you know, it, it, it changes and, and your edge will change and the, your body position will change. I think if they could make a, a medium that would, you know, take, wouldn't, you wouldn't lose energy on transfer from your snowboard, that it might be more efficient, but it, it might be really difficult uh, to do, to do that. Would you need a, a specific type of snow? Would it be more ice and therefore harder or is, is it, is it something as simple as that with the natural condition? Oh, that's a good question. And even outside of that, um, what's better ice or powder? Yeah. Well, you know, in, in my mind, you know, when you're, when you're riding on a snowboard, um, you know, ice can be a very difficult thing to deal with because, mm. Not only is it, you know, you know, something that, you know, you think you could go faster and all this, but the, the ruts that get into ice can, can cause you to lose an edge. And when you lose your edge, you know, gravity takes over and, and you slam and you can slam right to your knees and to your face, or you can go the other way and kind of land on your backside, which is, is equally painful. So, hmm. um, so ice sometimes I think is, while you might think because it has less friction would be a more ideal um, way. And half pipes, they have this sort of, you know, they, they, they get sort of a, a, a happy medium, I think, sometimes. They don't want too much fresh snow. They want it to be kind of slick, but they don't want to be too grooved. Um, for snowboarders, though, I think people like myself, you know, if you're not riding in a half pipe, the whole attraction is 
uh, in the powder. And so free riding and working through the trees and things like that is is more akin to, you know, powder riding, which I think in some ways may be less visually appealing to uh, the general audience, but more appealing, I think, to, to, to traditional snowboarders. It's I'm, interesting. Yeah, go I'm, on. I'm still holding my face, man, when he said you go to your knees and you slam your... Yeah. I'm like, not the face, man, please. Yeah. All of a sudden your oh. face became the break. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, oh, God, this is the moneymaker, baby. So it's, it's interesting, Bill, because you're saying that you're one of the few sports that I think I can encounter that actually incorporates friction as part of the the whole sport itself, rather than saying we hate friction because it slows us down. You're saying we're embracing friction because we need it to do the things that we're trying to achieve. Yeah, exactly. I think that, you know, we talked about that in the sense of, you know, when you're managing the forces of thrust, uh, you know, or your momentum with friction or drag, um, you know, that's how you, you gain speed. And by having an, an unbalanced force in that general direction is how you, you go fast. And so in some ways, yeah, you'll see people, you know, you want a sharp edge, you want a slick bottom, and you want it to be as, as high um, a level of uh, of lack of friction, if you will. So there's less friction when you're working on your snowboard and then you are managing it be- between sort of driving that edge, either, you know, pointing the edge into the mountain or turning your board and, and using the other edge to slow yourself down. So yeah, you're right. I guess, you know, moving between moments of, of high friction and low friction is how you manage yourself. So you have to really embrace friction uh, to be successful at is, snowboarding. Is there a certain board design that allows you to do that, or is it just basically get the nearest baking tray, take it to some of the mountain, <laughs> head south? Yeah. Um, no, I think they're, they're generally, you know, the, the snowboard industry and the designs are, are quite elaborate, you know, but the basic, I think, uh, idea is that, you know, you want something, it, it depends on the type of riding you're doing, but mm. generally, let's say someone like myself, you know, who wants to be a center stance, that means I'm in the middle of my board, so I can ride equally forwards and backwards. I'm going to have a board about the length of, a, you know, 160 centimeters or, or less uh, with a contact edge throughout that's, uh, that allows me to, to do turns and, and things like that. So in some ways, if skateboards are kind of this general popsicle shape that they call it, uh, snowboards have that general kind of way too. Now, people who want to go fast, you know, just like in skateboarding, they're going to, you know, make a different design that's going to lock themselves in, maybe spread, be longer so that they're, uh, they can go faster. Um, but for the general snowboard enthusiast who's riding maybe a center stance, um, they're going to ride something that is, you know, kind of clipped at both ends or, or it looks like a big skateboard with a long contact edge. Well, all I know is this, from mm-hmm. this point forward, I am never going to look at snowboarding the same until I see Sean White in a half pipe on a baking sheet. So, <laughs> Bill, you're probably familiar with the fact that Chuck likes to reinvent every single sport we bring into the show. Every sport we bring to this show, yeah. I try to find a way to make it more interesting. And Gary just gave me the greatest idea for the Olympics <laughs> ever. It's just one event within, kind of like the same way we have the decathlon. Yeah. We have our half pipe, we have our downhill, we have our slalom, we have the moguls, and now bacon sheet. Damn right. <laughs> Absolutely. Little shake and bake on the mountain. Dr. Skateboard, he's going to stay with us, but we are going to talk to our old friend Othello Clark, former professional skateboarder and snowboarder turned actor. Playing with Science is back with more snowboarding. Don't go away. 
eBay Motors is here for the ride. You saw the potential, and through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, exhaust kits, turbochargers, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Welcome back. I'm Gary O'Reilly. And I'm still Chuck Nice. And this is still Playing Playing With with Science. science. And this is a special treat, not just for Chuck and I, but hopefully for you. We have both Othello Clark, former professional snowboarder and actor from The Bold and the Beautiful, and of course, Dr. Skateboard. We've just been chatting before this section, and the two guys realize how much they've got in common. So, uh, Othello, welcome back. Bill, glad you you didn't go away. Um, Thanks so much, Gary. You're welcome. Since you both do uh, the, each sport, hmm. um, and Othello, we may have touched on this before, but I'm going to give you guys the Sophie's Choice. Ooh. As of today, you can no longer do both. You have to choose one. You can either snowboard Ooh. or skateboard, cool. and that's it. I'm ca- I'm an evil witch in a Disney film casting a spell upon you. And if you step on either the snowboard or the skateboard after you make the choice, you disappear forever. Have you been binging on the Disney Channel again? I love the Disney Channel. <laughs> I love the Disney Channel. What can I say? <laughs> All right. So which one? Here's your Sophie's choice. What do you choose, guys? Who wants to go first? Ooh. Dr. Skateboard, why don't you go first? Yep. Okay. I'll go first. I'm happy to. So thank you, Othello. Um, So great question. Um, Easy one for me to answer. So um, I'm a skateboarder. You know, I'm going to continue to skateboard. I'm going to choose skateboarding. Um, I I enjoy snowboarding. You know, I I lived in Colorado for a while. I lived in northern New Mexico. I live in the desert now. So skateboarding is, uh, is a big part of it. But Skateboarding is something I started when I was 13 years old, and it's been sort of a, a lifeline for me throughout. Um, it's how I see the world. It's pretty much, you know, I look at things around the world as a skateboarder. And so if I had to make a choice, I would always choose skateboarding, and I continue to do so. 
Ooh, very Ooh. definitive. Quite, quite That's decisive. A That's a commitment. Othello, yeah. Othello, your turn to play the game, my friend. Well, you know, I think I'm going to have to agree with Dr. Dave. Oh, Dr. Dave. Um, that's my chiropractor. Dr. Skateboard. <laughs> you can agree with Dr. Dave if you want. Let me tell you something. As, <laughs> you'd have loved that plug right there. Yeah, as, a, as a professional Dr. snowboarder Dave. and skateboarder, I can understand why your chiropractor is top of mind. Yeah. Oh, he's always there. I drive past his office every day. Hey, Dr. Dave. Um, so, yeah, I'd probably agree with Dr. Skateboard. I'm a, I'm a skateboarder for life. Oh, my God. He's got the tattoo so, right there. Oh, man. So, skateboarding to me everything that i've started stemmed from skateboarding my whole life is from skateboarding everything all the opportunities that have come my way have been from what from skateboarding uh has brought me you know what i mean my mm. snowboarding i learned from skateboarding um tv shows i'm on skateboarding brought me there um my son now skateboards that's all i think about so pretty much skateboarding don't get me wrong i love snowboarding but at the end of the day when you think of snowboarding and skateboarding, snowboarding, skateboarding, excuse me, is what everything stems from. And at the same time, skateboarding, you don't need a mountain. You don't need $500 snowboard, $1,000 outfit, $150 ski pass. You don't need any of that with skateboard. You just need your board and wheels and some concrete anywhere. So to me, I think it'd be skateboarding 100%. First love, true love. First love, true love. There you go. Okay, I want to play a little game right now. Since, Another one. Since this is a show where we uh, marry sports and science. Don't worry, guys. I'm not going to marry you guys. You, okay. Even though, thank God, we live in a country where that can now happen. Um, let me just say this. I have the sports in Othello. I have the science in uh, you, Dr. Bill. And so what I want... Uh, Othello, you to do is give us your favorite snowboarding trick, whether it's one you can do or not, Ooh. your favorite snowboarding trick. And then, Doc, I want you to break down the physics behind that trick. All right. Can we do that? Yeah. All right. Othello, what's your favorite trick? Right now, my favorite trick is probably a switch backside under flip. Holy crap. <laughs> so go ahead and explain that, please, because uh, I know what it is. I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell the truth. I haven't a clue, but I'm going to learn by before the end of this show. So go on, Dr. Bill. Go ahead. Let's I mean, go ahead. Answer. Othello, explain the trick first, and then Dr. Bill, explain the physics. A switch uh, backside under flip is I come up to the last jump um, in the park, the money booter, um, which the money booter is where you win the money at in a big contest. So it's called All right. money booter. Yeah, it's something, I go up to the I gotta last tell you something. It's, it's something else in the uh, adult films that I watch, but go ahead. <laughs> so I go up to that last jump, you know, coming in pretty hot. And then right about 20 yards, 20 feet, 20 yards before the jump, I jump switch, which switch means backwards. All right. And then I go into the jump backwards going full speed. And then I do a, under flip which is a front flip but under so instead of right instead of going forward and doing the flip i'm going backwards so i'm doing the flip still but i'm doing it backwards so it's under and All then right. in the air i do a 180 and i turn back and i land forward wow all righty all yours dr bill um so real quick i wanted to ask othello are you regular foot or goofy foot going in I going in after I hit switch, I go in regular, but I am goofy, but I ride. Most of my tricks are done switch because 
regular is kind of too easy now. I, I try to challenge myself with everything backwards now. Okay. Wow. Awesome. Little, so, little humble brag going on right there. Hey, it is what it is. It is what it is. I'm just saying, like, you know, I mean, you know, goofy is a little too easy. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think that echoes also a, uh, a progression that goes on in skateboarding where you're really trying to master that you can go in both directions. So I can uh, applaud a fellow for taking exactly. that approach in his snowboarding yeah uh, so when he talks about it he's he's goofy foot he's riding down the mountain he said he was going really fast so he's he's pointing himself straight down lowering himself getting as much speed as he can and then he says about 20 he's about 20 yards away from the jump he does a hop he does a 180 so he switches to a regular stance so he's got to maintain a speed while he's making that transition keeping that center of gravity right over the board so he doesn't hit his edge or, or wobble his board so he can go right into the, the money booter, as he called it. So he, he rides into the money booter, and then as he hits the lift, you know, he's, he's lifting off of that. So he's using the lift. Uh, he's going to deal with gravity, which is going to pull on him. And as he's flipping, you know, that's when we talked about the spinning. So he's managing those, those forces, that centripetal force, which is, you know, pushing in on him and that centripetal force, which wants to flee out um, by probably adjusting his arms to, to hold his, uh, his moment of inertia intact um, that he can go through it. And then as he comes out of the spin, he's again, switching a 180. So, so he's using both sort of a rotational um, axis as well, uh, you know, up and down mm. as well as one from the side. So he's, he's making it very complex, but the big point I bet is if you watched him spin f uh, doing the flip and then doing the 180, you're going to see that his center of gravity is very close to his board and that he can manage that, um, as he goes through. So if he's in a tight area with his center of gravity, you know, over his board, then, then he, he makes that trick every time. Wow. Hey, Othello, does that sound even better once it's broken down with the science? Yeah, that's exactly right on. Um, it, it, it comes to a point where you get so so uh, used to that trick and it's so embedded in your brain and mm. your feet and, and muscle memory that I feel more comfortable going upside down than I do going straight um, because I can close my eyes when I'm in the air and through experience and through doing it over and over again, I can just close my eyes and do the trick and know where to land and then open my eyes and land the trick just because I've done it so Incredible. much. Doctor, a, a, what sort thing. of talk is Othello getting involved with because he's on a multi-axis here for these two tricks or this whole trick? So, um, so I think the thing he hit on that's really important is, you know, he's – He's, he's, he's doing all this complex physics, but the other side of it is he talks about how he's just entering into this flow, this space where he's actually able to do this. And, and what you see there, I think, is you know, he's, he's putting all this energy into this trick, but he's also, if you will, once he's in the trick, sort of conserving his energy um, and making, uh, making his moves uh, quite defined um, and quite natural. So um, this is kind of an interesting thing about the science of sports is you can break it down with all the, the, the physics you can, but in some ways the guy or girl who's managing the physics, they find sort of a, a way of flow, or he termed it muscle memory as well, but I would use the term flow where he can kind of go, he knows the feeling and the feeling is what he's striving for rather than breaking it down through the science. Oh, wow. Is that it? it go ahead, Othello. Go ahead. Do you know, you know, if I don't land the trick, I knew that I wasn't going to land it within the millisecond after I left the ground because it wasn't right. My body tells me 
F, oh my gosh, I'm about to eat it or I got yeah. this. Just because of the flow, you like Dr. Skateboard was saying, it, it's a it's a, a memory thing. And when you got that flow going, nothing can stop you. Holy Max. How often do you complete a whole course feeling exactly as you've just explained? Do you ever get a perfect um, ride? I try to do that nine times out of ten. Um, no, no. Ten, yeah. You know, that that's the whole, you know, I just put my, I put my music on and I flow. Bottom Wait a line, minute. I tell, people, I tell people, you know, if there's something that you're skeptical about and you're snowboarding or skateboarding, the only thing that you really can do is take a deep breath and flow like water. Hey, man. Guys yeah. last time. Wait, yeah. did I just hear you say that while you're doing your run, you're actually listening to music? Oh yeah, I can't. I really can't ride without it, dude. You know? That's awesome. It, that? it helps. It helps for that flow. So now I'm in a zone, and I forget about the mechanics of everything that I'm doing. I'm letting my body take over because I'm in that flow. And if there's a good jam on, you can expect some big banger tricks for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's hot. That is hot. What works well, guess best? What, Our what flow works has best in the cans for you, Othello? What works best? Oh, uh, what's your favorite song? What's your what favorite song? What works best in the in the cans for you to to get your flow? Oh man. You know what? Just depends. If it's a if it's a powder day, um, I don't know. I like to listen to some electronic music because I'm going through it fast. Right, if right. it's a sunny day and everybody's out having a blast, then more than likely I'm listening to some upbeat reggae music. Nice. Got that vibe going on. I don't know if you noticed, but I have dreadlocks. Yeah. So. Oh, now you that, mention uh, it. That, that's a part of my whole life. So that's mostly what I listen to. But <laughs> yeah, well, if I'm charging it. Nothing wrong with that. The whole electronic scene. Well, get up, stand up. My man is doing it. Oh, I mean, yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. And by the way, my song, um, when I'm going through my run, uh, I Am Woman, Hear Me Roar, Roar by Helen Reddy. Thank you. And if it were, and if, it, if it's me, it's definitely the Beatles and it's going to be help. Right, guys. So thank you. We put the band back together. Yeah, man, this Didn't is we? great. What this a great a, snowboarding yeah, show. Thank you. Thanks Absolutely. So much, thank you. Dr. Snowboard, a.k.a. Professor Bill Robinson, and of course, the one and only Othello Clark. What a pleasure. What an absolute pleasure. Absolutely. Guys, thank you. Thanks so much, guys. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank You're you. welcome. All right, All that's right. been Playing With Science, Chuck. Another awesome show. Isn't it just? Uh, yeah, I'm about to go hit the slopes right now. You in do that, mind. and I'll tidy up the studio. Uh, right, that's it from our snowboarding show. Look forward to your company soon. Bye, 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 bye. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.